0: Welcome back in everybody to the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on February 1st, 2022. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, we had a three and six January, but we're ready to flip the flip the script to February, the home stretch before the big month of March. Brian Mullins preaches, and it's kind of the obvious. Uh, this is when your games matter most, and this is when you want to get hot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is when you want to start playing your best basketball. Um, during this stretch and uh yeah it's it was really good to see um sunday at, or sunday night to get back in that wind column it was a big win it's the one it's one we needed to get back and see if that boosted us to get on the right track um especially um with a good missouri state team In it. sunday was a must win especially if we're trying to get out of that thursday night arch arch madness column Yeah, and knowing that Valpo was right on our heels
0: of that, they dug themselves a hole. um, And obviously us sweeping them helps that cause with all of that, and we know the other teams behind them. That could surge as well. Yeah, we're we're fitting nicely into the sixth seed right now, and then potentially moving forward, we'll have the the updated uh, probabilities for the Valley from Matt Hackman along with Lance Jones was in the doghouse. Other scores around. The Valley, Knowing, and obviously we'll get into this Valpo game, but we wanted to mention right away that there's been some cancer postponements around the Valley for games tomorrow. We said in our final tweet on Sunday night that, uh, you know, there could be snow in the area, which I think tomorrow is going to be mainly uh, rain all day and maybe freezing rain into the night. But we know, obviously, we host Missouri State. Uh, but Valpo and Evansville got postponed to late February, and obviously up, up there in Valpo, they get awful weather all the time near Chicago, and they're going to get just absolutely blowed up with snow. But, Noah, that made it makes us think about us because we know Loyola hosts the game as well, and obviously Missouri State coming here. That's who we will preview at the end of this, barring any breaking news here that, that our game with them is postponed for tomorrow. But it makes us think of why ours wouldn't because we're supposed to get decent snow too.
1: Yeah, we're supposed to uh, – I think we're – Sandwiched in between a lot of snow on north and south of us, and we're supposed to get some ice mainly, um, but some snow there. But like you said, I think it's rain throughout the day, so uh, you would expect uh, if they are coming, um, I would expect a bus ride from Springfield. Um, so you would assume they were on their way right now. So um, I would, ass- if it was me, I- I'd expect us to hear already that it is canceled and moved because. Um, a lot of scheduling has to be done for that especially if um the game already got already postponed today got moved to late February you expect ours to be squeezed in somewhere and it's going to be tough um to see what happens here so yeah it'll be interesting to interesting to see what happens hopefully we can get it in we do know it's on TV so um say we're, we we don't think we're not comfortable enough to get over there Um, It is on TV for anybody that um, is hesitant. We know IDOT's already um, sent out stuff that tell people to get off the roads already now. So uh, um, just be be cautious. But, uh, yeah, it's on TV, so that's a good sign.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they do have to work out, you know, if they were to postpone it what days that would be or what day that would be later on. uh, But I don't think they would announce, uh, you know, a certain game but not do the others. That would also play a factor, because if they're looking ahead for that game, they have to for our, for ours, and like I said, Loyola's at home against Illinois State, so and they're right next to each other then in Valpo, so it's all wait and see. Like we said, yeah, it, it could break while we're on this, but yeah, I think we would have probably heard it by now or so uh, because, yeah, 8 o'clock game, even for Missouri State's sake, happened to travel, because uh, you're right, they should be on the road already and you know, getting here to stay later today and then have all of tomorrow uh, that after the game, because that's what's going to hit hard is around the game time or later um, to where their drive back in that late night would, would stink, and they might have to stay overnight. Who knows? So it's all a big – it's it's crazy, honestly. It's a flip of the coin thing right now, I, I would say. So like we said, if that breaks, we'll, we will talk about it on here. Yeah,
1: just quick, looking at both teams' schedule right now, February's jam-packed, so um, it takes some time. You'd have to move multiple games, I'd say, looking at both teams' schedule right now, so – um, I'd say we're gonna go ahead and play this game. If they get stuck here till Friday, it is what it is because they um, their next game isn't till Sunday at home. So if they get stuck here Friday, they'd they'd be fine. Yeah, I would say so, and that's that's definitely a big gap in
0: between. Uh, so yeah, it is all a big wait and see. So uh, we we will preview them. We know we already discussed them, and you know they've gotten a lot better uh, since we last played them, but we will preview them smaller one, just in case the game does get pushed back and it's not a wasted preview. Uh, but we know pretty much what they're all about. So no other was also yesterday, the, uh, the weekly press conference on Mondays for everybody, the coaches. So we will discuss that quickly. Though Dana Ford was asked at the very end about snow and he acted like, he didn't know what was going on or that. It even came into his mind potentially. So, uh, so yeah, we'll cover every other uh, valley coach and what they said, kind of any any notable stuff. So, uh, so yeah, and we wanted to say quickly actually, I because I just saw it that we already bought our Arch Madness tickets, which is great. We we're looking forward to that. We did take off those Thursday through Sunday. No matter what, if SAU doesn't make it all the way, we we'll, we will still stay. Obviously, get our money's worth and then watch the rest of the games. But that was something that just previously happened. So, yeah, no. now let's jump into this win we had the other day. It was a big win. Yeah, we scored in the 70s. It was a 77-55 score, and, and we did cruise. No, we know Valpo did not have Thomas Kithier or Trevor Anderson. Anderson's out for the year. Kithier's been dealing with a back injury. He did make the trip. I saw him, or we saw him on the bench. Uh, and Noah, and we'll jump into this in the game action, but they're definitely not the same team without him. Uh, but they did have 80% of their team, you know, of their utmost best players, and they just did not put up a fight. Uh, how did this game start out?
1: Yeah, it, it was a, it's a, it's tough to have a shortened bench like that. But like you said, uh, they still had Cricky and King, so they were, um, two of their better players are still there. But, yeah, it started out uh, a missed three by Steven, a rebound by GD. He turned it over, and they went down. Cricky got a layup to start them off. Um, then a then a pick and roll. We really hit the pick and roll in this game. Um, found JD for a good a big dunk, big slam to tie it up right there. Um, it's good to see JD active early. And he's he's really been um, for a stretch here. He's been our only offense for the first couple minutes of these ball games. Um, then Sheldon Edwards hit a big three in the corner. Um, then Lance answered. It's good to see Lance see one go in early to get his confidence up. Um, then there's a little bit. Then um KV on Taylor off his of the offensive rebound. Um, this is their third chance on this, on this possession. Uh, he gets a, he gets a layup in the paint and it was an and one. He missed the free throw. Um, they actually got the rebound, but we did not box out on this. Uh, but luckily, luckily um, Stephen got a steal from Edwards and a uh, foul on Cricky down there. Um, JD went to the line and missed both free throws.
0: Yeah. And then he get, uh, yeah, missed free throws. Once again, uh, we've come to expect that, but something we have not expected really, but it's great to see at this point of the season that JD is being an offensive, uh, machine. It seems like at times, you know, and, and in this game we'll get to more instances between him and Kyler, they were killing the Valpo defensive pick and roll. And Brian said after the game, they made great screens and they made great rolls and then finished. And, uh, and they were told them. Lance even said on in the doghouse something quick that uh, the coaches tell those guys tell the bigs to as soon as they get the ball around the rim to kind of tear the rim down and they work on that in practice. But yeah, that is great. He was he was finishing like he usually does. It was a I mean, Cricky struggled to guard him at times. There were times JD scored him on the post or even Kyler that Cricky was just too skinny for them and they were just both too strong for him. Uh, yeah, Cricky did. I mean, he's when he kicked off the game, I had a feeling that he was going to have one of those games, and he did. He had about 20 points, but it looked like a back and forth uh, from there on out. Yes, yeah, Sheldon Edwards and even Taylor, yes, uh, not so great games the first time we played then, even though we only barely beat them. That we even, I remember saying before the tip that we're thinking, oh, well, Cricky's going to bounce back and Taylor's going to shoot a lot better than he did. But yeah, he he was benefiting in the in the lane more than he was from three. I don't know if he made a three in this one, but they were getting too many amounts of offensive rebounds, hundred uh, percent, to start this game out. But yeah, Cricky got going and made that nine to seven game. Noah Preston Rudinger has been starting for them. He's been assisting, but it looked like Lance was trying to definitely uh, outstrengthen him or take advantage of him being that freshman.
1: Yeah, especially uh, being a walk on. Uh... He stepped up big for them with uh, Trevor Anderson out out the out for the rest of the year. Um but uh yeah, they got two young point guards and Rudinger and uh the, the kid I really like thinks has some good upside is Darius Diavaro. Um yeah, two young point guards and uh Lance uh, um knew he, knew he had the mismatch and he's got to take advantage of he has a mismatch and that's what he did for most of the game.
0: Yeah, and even he was definitely exposing those young guards. Um uh... And Lance had a great game, for sure. But whenever we were up by three, Kyler had back-to-back back back to scores. He had one on a fast break from Marcus. He was running the floor really well. Uh, and the second time was off a of Kobe King missed three that he was found. Uh, but, yeah, we were up by five at that point. And then there weren't points, again, until the 12-and-a-half mark when Trent Brown got on the board with the, with a nice three. Uh, and then Kevion Taylor kept getting his layups. Uh, Aaron Gordon, who finally is – Doing something, he stole it from Dalton to get into that layup from Taylor, uh, and fast break. And then J.D. had a or Cricky had a three. Noah, I was saying obviously he didn't shoot. He shot a thing okay from three if he shot you know a decent amount of attempts when we were at third place. And we know he can shoot, but you almost live with it. You don't want to have him get in the mid range where he's almost automatic. You let him earn it from three, and he did right there. Cut it to a three point game, and then J.D. went right back down again, assisted from Lance. A dunk, no, he was tearing the rim down.
1: Yeah, it, his explosiveness was very good. The him and Lance is starting to build a connection on that pick and roll. Um, we know Kithier missing Kithier on that pick and roll defense, uh, um, it really showed that they did not have him out there defensively. Um, but yeah, it's, JD is coming along nicely and he's giving us that boost, and um, that's a formula for this team. If if we can get a little here and there from Cash and Steven, but if we can get any extra from our bigs, uh, um, especially Kyler or JD, it's a it's a big boost and it'll help Marcus and Lance out big time, and uh, it opens things up. And uh, that's where Lance uh, got hot Sunday afternoon.
0: Tonight. Yeah, exact,
1: Yeah, and exactly the fact that uh,
0: they're building the confidence offensively. We know Kyler; if he gets confident, he'll score on anybody. But JD, because he's that's that's not his game, obviously. And doing it against, you know, Kithier changes this game a lot, you know, on their offense with us guarding him and vice versa. He's a lot better post-defender, I think, than Cricky. But when you're scoring on Cricky like that, one of the best bigs in the league, it says something. You know, maybe you won't be able to do that against Prem or somebody else. But it does say a lot. And if he can, like I said, it, it's a perfect time that J.D.'s doing this scoring. Kyler, it's expected, definitely, because that's really the only thing he can do uh, but Noah, after that JD Dunk, it, I think it was like a 7-0 run we went on. And that was honestly the close it got from there on out when we when we made it 19 to 14. And then we didn't look back really. It was kind of a, a double digit game. Most of the way, I think Kobe King hit a jumper at 517 to cut it to nine after a couple stuff uh from Lance and Marcus with their layups. And even Steven got on the board with a layup. If I can picture it in my head, it was on I was on the fast break. Steven looked a lot more aggressive in this game, would you say?
1: Yeah, he looked a lot more aggressive. I forgot, um he took advantage of somebody that was guarding him. He took him straight to and made his made a good move and uh um it's good to see that's what we're gonna need out of Steven down the stretch here. Um, both him and Cash, plus those two bigs to boost that offense. Uh we know we know what everybody's gonna bring defensively, but um I know I know it's the it's the competition we played on Sunday, but um, I felt like the ball movement was a whole lot better. You can definitely, they've taken um, to key to make moves and making adjustments on the offensive side. And you can tell, um, I know we just played Valpo, but you could definitely tell a difference in our offense. Um, played a little bit of a quicker tempo. Um, I know you don't want to get a too quick of tempo tomorrow night because those boys will play up and down with you, and that's not what we want. Um, but it was good to see everybody got, you could see from everybody was playing with, confidence, especially Lance Jones, um, it's good to see. And, uh, yeah, Steven, his confidence is starting to rise. We need him. Um, he's a big, big cog to this offense. If he can knock down some shots, it opens a lot of things up for everybody else.
0: Yeah, Steven even was getting in the getting in the paint, kicking out
1: for threes.
0: I think it was might have been on one of these that uh, – or Marcus hit cash for one of these threes. But, <clears throat> yeah, if him and cash – this is the time, obviously, they need to turn it on and help out in this February stretch. Uh, and just the fact that going back and even Lance mentioned it in the, in the doghouse that that, uh, you know, they worked so hard defensively in the Loyola game because no shots were falling, that they had to be as good as they were against them, against their offense. I think obviously this game, Valpo is a good offensive team, but knowing that, um, you know, they really couldn't guard you. They're not a great defensive team like Loyola that you could ease your way and have a good offensive game and not have your defense work as hard like in that game. I think that kind of like, you know, I'm not going to say rested the guys, but definitely had that step back of not as hard a play like a, against a Loyola. So I think that helped them in this game uh, overall. But, yeah, no, Kyler had a dunk in this. It was a nice find from Cash. That was at the 434 mark, made an 11-point lead. That, uh, Kyler probably has, what, three dunks on the year, maybe five in his career it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's uh um he's definitely not the guy we seen in his high school highlights when we got him. We were excited. He was breaking backboards in high school, but um it's good to see him and JD both uh, get up on a little some of these um to tear down the rim. It's uh you can tell these these last this last stretch of games if if, if he's getting in the rhythm. Kyler's playing at an all-time high. Um, it's the guy we've seen last year for the majority of the year, and that's that's the guy we need down the stretch. 100%. He was exposed in those pick-and-rolls,
0: as was J.D. Uh, no, I, I said when Cash made this three, but in between this, Kobe King was showing his you know ability to score at will. If he really wants to, he got it kind of in the paint, used that big body, and had a nice fadeaway kind of right in front of the rim, kind of like how we see Steven do. But obviously with Kobe's big body, he was able to do it. So he had a couple baskets here, and then Kyler had another layup that made it a 12-point game again. Uh, Lance went one of two from the free throw after a foul. Sheldon Edwards, I'm pretty sure this was like the 50-foot three, it seemed like it was a huge three he made. Uh, It's kind of – Sheldon Edwards is obviously a really good player. He was a great freshman last year. Um, He kind of looked underwhelmed or underwhelming in this game. It was a bad matchup for him, I think, overall for their team. It seemed like a – a long trip as it was, and it was kind of like a eh, kind of game, knowing that I don't know their season looks the way it is, and they didn't have Kithier and Sheldon Edwards didn't look like we expect him to play outside of his three point shooting. His defense wasn't all that great, and I think that's really what he's known for. But after that, you know, Anthony got in the game here in the first half. I'm seeing here, remembering, and he did miss a layup, and he didn't look great at times. It's crazy because we remember how great he can be in games, but when he does play, sometimes he doesn't look great. He got carried from the other two bigs. Lance had his own little 5-0 run here to end the half. Had a three to make it a fifteen-point lead. Twenty-eight seconds left, and well, that's where we stood up fifteen at the half. Uh, what are some takeaways, or even going right into the box score?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty solid first half. Very good offensively. Um, looking at just looking at the box score here, um, team wise, uh, you shot we shot sixty percent. Um, 55% from three, five of nine from three, um, 40 from the line, two of five, only got the line five times, only got the line twice, um, for Valpo, um, but really good, um, we held them to three of 10 from three, 12 of 30 from the field, um, pretty good, um, jumping in, um, leading scorer at halftime was Lance Jones, had 13 points, five assists, and a steal at halftime, he was plus 12. In the plus minus column, really efficient. Five of six from the field, two of three from three, uh, one of two from the line. That's the Lance Jones we know. Um, I think it's, it's like uh, Mike Murphy said on the in the dog in the doghouse that uh, he seen the first one in his confidence was the it looks like a the rim was a big hole and he was just putting them in like a piece of paper in the trash can or something like that. So. Um, when Lance sees one goes in, he, he's on a. if he gets in a confidence boost down here, um, if Lance can keep building off this game, especially this half, uh, we're going to be good down the stretch. Yeah,
0: what were some other things from that? Lance said that if he were to pick of having a drive or making a huge three, that he would take the drive. And it seems like he's he's always been drive first. He's always been a slasher. I remember him in high school. Uh, so he likes to do that more, but he knows that he can shoot. And yeah, once he gets those first couple of shots to fall, it's it's it could be ball game for the opponent. It's just if they fall. He did shoot five of six in this first half, and a plus minus of twelve. Yeah, we had everybody on our team that played, really everybody, all of our ten guys played in the first half. All had plus 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 minuses. Everyone at Valpo had minus minus plus minuses. Remember what game was it? I guess it was the uh, the Loyola game first half. We all had or some games that we've had all all minuses in that aspect. Um, I was gonna look at the fact that uh, Trent had the highest. We did notice that, which makes sense because he was playing decent defense and he shot one of three from three. He did make that one at a crucial point, I believe. Kyler had eight points, perfect from the perfect from the field, uh, and then you had JD with his seven and four rebounds, three of four shooting, unreal. He did make that. He did make a free throw. Uh, I think he missed the extra one he got from a lane violation, but he did make one. Uh, and then, yeah, Steven and Cash didn't miss a shot. Dalton only shot once. Dalton's offense has been kind of down a little bit, uh, but it, it's been fine because everyone else has stepped up. But if we needed more offense and he wasn't good, but I, we, we say about Dalton, I and mean, we know he can score, but we rely on Steven and Cash because we'll talk more about them not scoring than Dalton, even though Dalton should obviously pitch in. Uh, Noah Troy played about three minutes and 45 seconds in this, Not didn't do a whole lot, didn't score. Uh, but we can almost rely on him for a three or something pivotal. We know he didn't play the second half of Loyola, which could have paid dividends. But uh, other than that, a a pretty solid first half. Yeah, Marcus, only two of five shooting, did have those five assists, though, and even Lance having those five assists as well. Brian said that Lance getting going on, you know, he was kind of running things, being the point guard, uh, assisting guys in the pick and roll and doing everything we could ask for him in the first half. Uh, Noah, what else did you take away?
1: Yeah, fourteen, fourteen team assists in the first half. Uh, when we had three in the whole Loyola, Loyola home game, um, only four turnovers compared to their ten. Um, our our uh, our bench outscored their bench eleven zero in the first half. Um, it was a well rounded first half. Uh, this shows you uh, this is what teams should do against uh, teams like Valpo, um, the lower standards, and we put ourselves higher up there and we took care of business. It's good to see we got in a rhythm, especially Lance. And uh, we get guys going and we know Marcus is scoring. Um, I don't know. I forget what he ended up with, but uh, I know his he score. Eight points, I think. So he's still in those last six games has not hit his average. So, but he's still showing out with assists and steals. He got three steals in this game and he's rebounding at a higher, higher level than we've seen him in his whole career. So, um, his scoring's out there and we know we can get it to him, but if he's getting his teammate involved and we're winning ball games, that means shots are falling and his high assist totals. Um, guys were cutting, cutting in this game, which is what I talked about, um, on the preview show that his assist numbers are down because everybody's, when we're posting him up, um, everybody's just become statues and not moving. Um, guys were back to moving in this game and it's good to see, um, yeah, we only got four points, so. Eight points total from in in this game, but uh, it's good to see that he's pitching in, especially rebounding because uh, we've struggled to see uh, some guys rebound on the team.
0: Yeah, and I think it the fact that he they only have eight, and we scored seventy seven points is something we mentioned. Valpo's defense isn't great, uh, but just the fact that we uh, they just all looked at like Kobe King ha- had his and Crick ended up with twenty. It's just crazy to see that because they are a good offensive team. <clears throat> and even when they get a healthy kithier or maybe by the end of the season, going into the uh, Arch Madness, that they could be a problem, I think, with a full, healthy team. And that would go with, with still without it, no Anderson, <clears throat> but no even Joe Headstrom. But he was the big guy that played for them, seven footer, it seemed like. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot or didn't play all that well. But give you on Taylor, again, shooting nine times. Uh, so that's what they need from him. He'd be. He'd, we would take heavy on Taylor, his ability to shoot. He's a great D2 player. and He shows signs at times, uh, but he definitely had to take over. And I'm trying to think who'd guarded Marcus. I think it was a, a ton of different people. Kobe King, for the most <clears throat> part. Yeah, and, and he could match him strength wise, I think, but Marcus just wasn't looking for a shot. He was trying to get others involved, which is great. Yeah, so um, that is how the first half happened, or what happened in there. They only out rebounded us by one, uh, <clears throat> but they had those five offensive rebounds, so. Uh, definitely wanted to clean that up, and we did. It was a clean, first 20. Looking forward to the second half, Noah, so how did that start?
1: Yeah, we had Crookie uh, open them up with a good jumper to start us off, cut it to the 13 right away. But Marcus answered. Crookie missed the three. Um, JD got a, got a nice layup from a, uh assist from Marcus, so Marcus still doing his thing. And a steal by Marcus, that's his third of the game. Then he got a jumper on the other end to put it at 19. Um, Kirky hit two free throws. Then, um, looks like Steven hit a big three. Good to see him getting back in action. Uh, Lance getting to those, uh, paint touch decisions, finding Steven for an open three. Um, Kobe King got going a little bit here. Uh, but, uh, Lance answered one of Kobe King's jumpers with a three. Um, Lance was feeling it from here on out. Um, King answered his three with a jumper back and forth here a little bit. Uh, cashed, Tash got in the in the three-point contest, and he hit a three as well. Uh, Rudinger missed, uh, and at the media timeout, we were up uh, 58-36.
0: Yeah, it's definitely when we started to uh, pull away 22 points. Taylor uh, kicked it off out of that second media. Uh, but, but you're right that before that, Lance was kicking out, finding shooters. Steven was willing to shoot and did. <clears throat> uh, I think Stephen struggled defensively on King at times, definitely. And Dalton, Dalton had four fouls. I think in this one, he was the uh, uh, all his fouls were in ones from Kevin Taylor. Yeah, uh, that's I was-, I was about to say. Uh, uh, Kevin Taylor was definitely active in the paint. Uh, so yeah, he he had layup city, but it was just everything throughout. Kyler had his own stretch here. Lance kept making threes, uh, and pretty much that's just how it happened. Kyler kept doing uh, outside of cricky, and we cut it to 25 at this point. It was back and forth. There was a stretch where nobody scored from 946 to 706. and um, That was kept being cricky. and Kobe just kept dominating everybody, and Lance kept making threes. It pretty much the same thing happened throughout this whole, the rest of the thing. Cash made a couple free throws. We've talked before of who maybe is the best free throw shooter on the team. We would like to say Marcus, but it seems like Cash makes a good majority of his, and Steven, of course, when he shoots, doesn't miss, and then Dalton is a good one. So we have good free throw shooters outside of JD, so, and obviously some other big, maybe Kyler, but Lance's can be a flip of the coin, obviously, but we do have good free throw shooters, which is a good sign, and then Noah just got in the nitty-gritty in this game, and we were wondering when we were going to, when they were going to take our starters out of the game, Uh, but I think whenever it got, like, a huge lead, though, you know, obviously, you don't want to sit your guys for the last seven minutes, even though we would have liked them to, that, you don't want, and I'm not going to use the rust, you know, thing that people would say, but uh, keep getting them in the flow and kind of the ease of the offense. Not doing a whole lot, just getting your legs still and, and playing. That's what it seemed like was the case. Marcus came out before Lance. Lance, Lance sat out there probably to what? The, I don't know, uh, around the two minute mark, probably. No one the in the sub. Minute
1: sixteen.
0: So uh, I, w- I would say, obviously, just well, <clears throat> just keeping them in to you know not getting rust. You know, accumulation of rust potentially moving forward. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh I think Marcus got taken out. If I look back here for a second at the 724 mark and they kind of went on a mini run really quick and I think he got put back in. Um yeah, just keeping them keeping I was kind of worried uh that we weren't going to get our our two walk-ons in and the bench guys in for a second, but uh Brian got them in there and uh Will Keller got a good three attempt. Missed it, barely went in and out then, but uh, Chris Cross, uh, next possession, hit a big three and the crowd erupted. The bench was um, overjoyed. It's great to see uh, um, as soon as Chris Cross uh, that play, man, I said, I'm glad we can draw up a play for our three point shooter, Chris Cross, off the bench, but when it comes to a real game, we can't find a, any place for shooters. Yeah, and even you know, Valpo still had – that's like Trey Woodward came in, but Kobe had the
0: last points of the game. They still had some guys in there. That's not like you were playing their bench, and they just didn't know what to expect defensively. But that was funny when you said that, yeah, because we have not seen that for even though you want to drop a play for a guy like Chris, and we know he's a good shooter, yeah, Yeah. and he drained it, which was great to see. Uh, So, yeah, the final score was 77-57. It was a trouncing for most of the game outside of the first maybe three minutes. Or so. So, a great game overall. It did get us back on track. We would think we did sweep Valpo as we said. Uh, just a good home game. Knowing that we did, yes, have Missouri State, uh, you know, coming up. So it was a huge one. Uh, so, know what this box score look like?
1: Yeah, jumping in the box score. Um, team team stats overall. Um, we ended up shooting fifty percent. Um, went down to forty one percent in the second half from sixty in the first. So fifty percent from the field in the set in the in the game, fifty-two from three went eleven of twenty-one. Um, good to see that's a lot of that's from Lance and uh, Cash hitting threes. And uh, only shot seven free throws in this game. We were two two of two in the second half. Um, ended up fifty-seven percent, four of seven. Um, but Lance led the way, 20, 22 points. Um, he was very efficient in this game. He he was feeling it. Eight of ten from the field, five of six from three, um, seven assists, only had two turnovers, only had one rebound, but uh that's not his thing usually. So uh, that's a big game from Lance, and uh, we're going to need um, this Lance Jones going forward.
0: Yeah, I think he's starting to get going offensively. We Remember the Bradley game? He had almost the exact same game as he did at Bradley. Maybe not – definitely not the seven assists. Uh, but definitely the steals and the scoring and the efficient shooting. Five of six from three. That's 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 the Lance we remember from last year. That he knows that he can be. In only 29 minutes of play, Cash did lead us. Marcus and Lance had 29 apiece. Yeah, Marcus eight assists, five rebounds. Just uh, an all-around great effort. Um, Kyler shot efficient with went 12 and eight. No one else scored like Troy and Dalton and Anthony didn't score. Who played a big minutes wise. Uh, but Cash shooting four of nine, three of five from three, perfect in the free throw line, six rebounds in, in those 30 minutes. We'll take that all day of the week, 13 points. You know, it's about his average. That's what whoever was saying that, I guess it was Rodney that's saying, that you need those guys to at least get their averages. And Cash did do that. Steven had five, didn't shoot great. He had as many misses from the field as he did points. Um, I think Steven over time, hopefully, well, I say that, but hopefully – she can shoot, you know, more efficiently and get his shot more and penetrate when he knows he can and, and knock down the shots that we know he can. Jd, know eleven points and seven rebounds, and only nineteen minutes with a block as well. I mean, that's just it's just crazy. Like we said, Cricky, I don't know if all this happens with Kithier. He's a lot more, you know, he's just a really good player overall. But they were they were exposing the backup big and Cricky, which was great. Like we said, we were exposing their pick and roll, which I, we had to do, and we hit. And almost every time Kyler and JD got it, they scored. It seemed like, so you know, taking advantage of what was there, which I'm glad we remember t- saying how offensively they don't really, or sometimes offensively they don't do that. But if they kept going, like remember San Francisco game or games where we were beating teams back door at will and they couldn't stop. It's like when you know you got to keep going to something that they couldn't stop. I think the coaches put that into them that like, you want to keep doing that and stuff. So. That was a great sign game. Scoring 77 points for a team like us that scores, what, 64 a game is big. And even with your best player only scores eight points of that, but got involved elsewhere. Noah Trent, or not sure what his plus-minus was at the end, but playing 28 minutes and only those three points. But Noah, I think he was really good defensively. only had two fouls, and Dalton had the four. But Noah Trent, 28 minutes, I think that says a lot for his back. And obviously, in the blowout, he was going to play at the very end of the game regardless. But I think that's a good sign. If he can knock down a three and play his defense, we're going to need that from Trent the final month here.
1: Yeah, that's what we're going to need. He got four good looks from three. Um, Maybe one was questionable with the shot clock. He had to force one up. But, uh, um, yeah, we expect him to get those good looks. And he's going to take them. He's not scared to, maybe like some other guys on this team. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's big time. We know the defense, he, he was guarding Kobe King at some times. I expect, uh, he was uh, on Lucas Williamson last week. I expect to see a little bit if he's coming in with Isaiah Mosley tomorrow night. Um, so, uh, he's in, he's becoming, um, a late defender. We know we shut down AJ Green as a freshman. So, uh, it's good to see from Trent. I would
0: say the only thing Trent has not done well is his turnovers. He's had a couple bad turnovers. Uh, that maybe you shaking your head, or even that one and under the basket against Loyola, he couldn't handle, like little stuff. Obviously, stuff we would pick apart for any player, but especially with, we know that Trent, what he can and can't do, he can't afford mistakes like that. He's got to play his game, shoot, and defend. So we're, we're thinking that's going to be the case the rest of the way out. So yeah, uh, we did our rebounding by eight, so that helps our record that was hurting a little bit from the previous games of our rebounding Loyola and Bradley. But losing, so that helped. Yeah, shooting 11 of 21 from three is crazy. And they shot three of 17. So we guarded the three pointer well against a team that can shoot. We know Taylor can shoot. Edwards knocks him down. Cricky knocks So they're a decent three point shooting team. Our defense showed down in this one. And yeah, we only, what do we, how many turnovers did we have in the first half? Um, four, I four, think. Four, yeah, four. It's only three in the second half, so that helps. And we out bench point them by 16. So yeah, I mean, overall, it was just huge. We were even at in 38 in points in the paint um, we had nine to two there two second chance points and we ended up with more offensive boards than him by the end of the game so it was a good good second half overall great shooting game exactly like we said the game that we needed uh, moving forward obviously into these other games we said you know sometime in February we have a reasonable schedule we like to take advantage of and obviously it would start with this Missouri State game if it happens uh, So Noel, what are your final thoughts on this on this
1: good win? Yeah, we'll say the uh, ticket sold attendance was forty two hundred. We were both there and can tell you on a Sunday four o'clock game it was not forty two hundred. Um, but uh yeah, it's it is exactly what we needed. Um, had some lapses for a couple minutes here and there on both halves, but uh this is one of the mo this is probably the so far in the conference play, this is the most well-rounded game we've played. And uh, it's good to see. We know Marcus um he's doing everything he's 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 got he had eight points but uh we expect him to bounce back here and there so uh we gotta um it's a good thing to get back in the win column uh, win at home defend home court um it's good to see we probably we needed this kind of game maybe a little bit um to see the ball go in for some of these guys uh, and to get the confidence up um to help us out we got a big stretch here so uh this is what we needed yeah, and even it gets me confident going into tomorrow's game
0: against, a, you know, a high a really high powered offensive team, but we our defense has been great the over the course of however long and if our offense it's not going to always be like that like it was the other day, but um, it gets me confident and it gives the team confidence moving forward 100%. I think this could be hopefully when we when we make our run or just turn the tide itself uh, going into these games. So some quick quotes here. Brian said about Lance he played with tremendous poise and confidence even when he was playing as fast as possible in transition he always seemed under control with his decision making every time he shot the ball I felt like he knew he was I felt like he knew he was going to make it um yeah I mean that seems like the case with Lance obviously every single time and he said playing he's playing as fast as possible in transition under control he sometimes he's not under control uh this making but for some reason this game hit him and in terms of playing well in every single facet um lance said i start it started out with our bigs the way they finished around the rim it opened up everything else yes as you said earlier noah uh brian said we showed the guys all the good shots we took thursday night against oil that didn't go in and there were 16 clips we said shoot those again on sunday against valpo we believe in you guys we trust you you put the work in no, I think that's something with this with this staff that we've noticed is obviously Brian says a lot, and he said it on Monday or yesterday in his in the press conference and in general after the game that uh, he thinks this team's you know can beat anybody in the in the conference. He said anybody in the country at times. I think that the, the confidence that even the staff puts into their team, talking about them or talking to them about them, should I mean rile the rile the team up and knowing you know the team that they could be obviously and um, you know obviously and they're in these good games that they're definitely just not sm- small, you know, clips that they're definitely what you can be moving forward. Um, he said, we, we never dwell on the past. It's a next game mentality with this team. We want to move on and build on this. And then Brian said, I love coaching this team. I told them before the game, I wish we had four more months together when we play both sides of the ball at a high level. We're a very, very good team. And that seems like that's obviously been the case at times this year, Noah, like I said, that when the staff's instilling the confidence in the team, and they keep telling them how good they can be or what they can do in a game to continue to be good in a certain game or something, that I think that should get the team going in a positive direction.
1: Yeah, it's as we know, and uh, some we know the how, how good they be, and I think how how good they can be, and we I think um, they know they've seen it this year in playing in some of these playing with some of these top teams and playing uh, even in their non-conference playing. Um, beating beating Colorado, uh, playing against um, Northeastern, um, pl- playing leading Creighton to the wire and not being able to finish them off, and playing uh, going on the road to San Francisco, and uh, playing a tough one at Tulsa as well. Um, they know what they can be, and it's uh, this team can be special if they can get on a roll here. And uh, I got it's, uh, if they can get some confidence, I, I got the confidence that they can get on a roll here going into March. 100%. So that was with our game. Let's get into some other games
0: that happened on uh on Saturday.
1: Yeah, we got some we had some decent ball games um, um Indiana State went on the road to Bradley. Um, the hottest team in the league stays hot. A 67-52 win for the Bradley Braves. Rinkmast um, led the way with 20 points, 20 and 20 points and 14. I believe he was the player of the week, so uh then they got two, they got the two, basically two twin towers and Malevi Leone's 15 points and 10 rebounds and Terry Roberts added 12 and seven and four. Um, this is the team we know that can get hot. Um, you and I were, um, higher on this team cause we respect Brian Wardle so much. I told you after that, uh, listen to the, um, their zoom calls. I more, the, list, the more I hear him talk, the more, the more I fall in love with him as a coach. So, uh, he knows how to get his teams hot going into the right times of the year, and they're doing that.
0: Exactly, yeah. We both love Brian Wardle, obviously, with what he says and the kind of coach that he is and how he can recruit. But the fact that he does uh, supply success for his program. Uh, but and going back to his Monday press, I don't think he because we don't know the even the status of Jay Sean Henry. We know he was out indefinitely. I think he'll show up near the end of the season, Noah, because I'm just looking at their team. They, they could play just an easy eight guys. If they start Leons, Mast, Hickman, Roberts, and Kent, uh, which, by the way, Kent, three of ten, he does not. I wonder if he's shooting from the field this year. It's not good. Uh, it's 40%, but I notice in games that he does not shoot well. But if they start those then have Boya, Howell, and uh, off the bench, and whoever else maybe, that, that is just so super solid. And, like I said, we do get them at home. And um, that will be a test because they're a team you don't want to play in Arch Madness.
1: Yeah, bright spot for Indiana State. Micah Thomas uh, added 17, so uh good freshman for uh, Coach Shirts. And I'm trying to think uh, what he – played he, the whole game. Yeah, I'm trying to think what he talked about Monday off the top of my head. Um, I know Harry Schroeder, at Chiefs coach about the coaching staff. He said he had somebody that was uh, developmental in the Pistons and Grizzlies organization's um, but other than that, um, I can't think what he – off the top of my head. Yeah, you're right. Harry did ask every coach, and that sounded like
0: an impressive staff that Josh has built. Uh, like we, We've talked about the success that we think he can have moving forward that I think he will, and a staff like that helps him. Cause he was looking for either, obviously, yeah, well, you just said NBA you know, experience or Division one experience, and it's helping
1: out. And they still did not have Cooper Neese in this game. So What's uh, his issue again? uh i want to say back i don't I think i don't it's know everywhere. Thought, yeah everywhere i want to say back i'm not positive on that off the top of my head um but yeah they they uh they uh are going to put up a fight um they're going to play on thursday night so uh but uh on friday um loyola took the trip to the nap center to play drake um that was the national televised televised game on saturday night i believe or saturday afternoon late i think that was a one o'clock game off the top of my head now but uh. Loyola went on the road. Took a Drake uh, takes the lead in the Valley, 77-68. Um, DJ Wilkins, 20 points for them. Um, he's coming on strongly. It's another. Um, it's really pick your poison. If they need, if they have a bunch of guys, if one guy's struggling, somebody else just picks it up. Tank Tank is back. Darnell Brody playing big, nine points, ten rebounds. Uh, Garrett Sturts doing what he does. Tucker DeVries throwing in 13. Um, this is a really solid ball club. If they can get fully healthy, um, it's going to be a problem for uh, a lot of teams in the Valley.
0: Yeah, and we noticed that they are in uh, Joe Linardi's recent bracketology as the winner, and then you have Loyola as a uh, Final Four team in or something, but having their own seed. So two Valley teams, that'd be nice to have the rest of the way. Uh, and we talked about if Loyola would just keep doing what they're doing. We mentioned Missouri State that if a different team would just – you know, kind of not win out, but win a lot of games that it could give us a chance because Drake played, they were going to play slew. We know that got canceled, but the fact that uh, them or Missouri State played good non-cons that helped them out in any facet along with them winning themselves, definitely Brody's best game, I would say 9 and 10, 100%. But if they can roll out even, we talked about Brown, these eight guys, if Drake can roll out these eight guys and even Wilkins and finally gets into the gear, nobody will beat them, honestly. If Loyola can't do it, uh, which obviously they'll play again at some point. But those are definitely two teams to beat. Noah, Chris Knight, another great game, 15 and 10. And then you had other guys uh, spurred in about 10 or more. They didn't get a whole lot of production from their bench. But those would be the two teams to beat at the end.
1: Yeah, good game for Braden Norris, 12 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. He's doing it all for them. Um, but, yeah, Chris Knight stays hard. Stays hot. He slides into that starting lineup. Um They have a really solid five. If they can just get some production from that bench, um, they can be that second or getting that large bit, I think, down the road. Um, Then also on Saturday, or or I think I just read Sunday's my fault, but uh, Saturday, uh, Illinois State went on the road to Northern Iowa. Um, Northern Iowa is uh, getting their two best scores to come to play. They get a 79-64 win. That helps us out. In the standings, um, A.J. Green led the way 24 points, and Noah Carter's really coming on 21 points. Um, It's crazy to think he entered the portal after last season, and now he came back and he's starting to play like he is. And uh, if they can get those 20 apiece from those guys and get whatever they can from everybody else, they're a dangerous team as well. Yeah, remember Noah Carter had
0: a bad shooting game a couple games ago, but we knew that was not going to hold AJ shot only threes in this game, yeah, which is shocking. Well, it's really not shocking, but we uh, you know the player he is. But yeah, no, I think McChesney, McChesney keeps showing up for Illinois State. Now he's stepping up, but it's tough, you know, for Illinois State losing who they did, uh, but just that they'll be, you know, scuffling. And we know, if, unless their game against Loyola does somewhat play tomorrow, that they get Loyola and they'll just keep moving them down a little bit. It's kind of a tough stretch for them, but you and I is it just a. What are they? They're kind of a hit-or-miss home team. We know we get them, and that'll be a tough game to win. But uh, I mean, what can you do when AJ's only shooting threes and you're trying to guard him and he's making six of ten? There's really nothing you can do. So, the uh, yeah, Evansville trying to put up a five best they can against Missouri State at their place. Yeah, they
1: took the lead in the second half on that one point. But then I think Missouri State went on like a 13-0 run and uh, closed it out there. Um, then, then quickly looking ahead, um, we do know Valpo – on the scheduled or was scheduled they are canceled, but as right now, Missouri State's still coming here. Um Drake is at Indiana State. I'm surprised yeah, that's that, a great game. I'm surprised that's not canceled in the in the middle of Indiana area. Um Bradley's at Northern Iowa. That that surprised me. And like you said, Illinois State's at Loy or Lat Loyola. So uh kinda surprising. Um hasn't been very many cancellations. Um Maybe it's because maybe maybe we don't know, but Missouri State's already here. Um, we know normal's not that far from Chicago. Maybe they're already up there um, just thinking like that. So uh, maybe teams have already got there.
0: If they announced one, they would have announced the rest of yeah. them.
1: They would have all prepared to
0: talk about the postponed games and what the future games could be. So, yeah, it's still something to monitor, but I think these games will be played, yeah, uh, knowing that tomorrow won't be as bad as Thursday. So, uh, yeah, that is the recent games, and we talked about the coaches and their pressers. I don't think anything else stood out. I do remember DeVries was asked about the home court advantage that they had in their game against Loyola. That definitely helped 100%. Uh, you talked about, obviously, home teams have do have the advantage, and you expect to win home games, and it hasn't worked out in our favor when I watched that I thought about it. But Drake is a great team. They have lost one home game this year. Who, who was that? I think it was in the Valley, but they were 10-0 at one point. I think it was their up.
1: December game.
0: Okay, yeah, and then – so they're like 11. No, it was Northern Iowa, I think. So those – that pesky robbery up there that they have, but they're just it, – it'll be definitely hard, obviously, for us to win there. But what's crazy is that's a game that we get at there before we hit Arch Madness, so that either can be a turn the tide of either way – either which way momentum, which that'll be interesting. So, yeah, no, what's the standings look like?
1: now? Yeah, looking at the standings uh, before we can jump into probabilities here, there's new probabilities – um Drake is at the top of the league at seven and two. Um followed right behind Loyola. Drake has the small advantage right now. And right behind those two teams is two seven win teams as well. Missouri State seven and three, along with Northern Iowa at seven and three. Um the Bradleys really turned it on at six and four. So those top five teams have put a two game at least a two-game gap within the rest of the league. Um, SOU, now us is at four and six. So we we're out of Thursday as of right now, um, then Illinois state at three and six Valpo three and seven, um, Indiana state two and six and, uh, Evansville at one and eight, um, is locked in for Thursday night unless, uh, they go on some insane kind of run.
0: Yeah. Will not happen, but Drake does. Yeah. On that tiebreaker now until they play again. Yeah. 11 and one Drake is at home and they're five and one on the road. Um, which is just insane. They're on a three game winning streak. Bradley's on the highest with a four. Only state's on a three game losing streak. That's the highest of losses. But yeah, we've talked about it. I mean, that's the top five that I think will be set unless we go on a run that we know we can. We we would like to be in the four or five and we'll talk about the probabilities and what would happen. But uh it's gonna be crazy whenever the final, you know, stretch of the season happens and Missouri State even if we beat them, who knows what would happen, but uh, that first five and Bradley's going on a run. It's, it's crazy how the top six could end up, and I think this is what the top six could be, barring anything else. Uh, which obviously anything bad can happen along with good, so it all be a wait and see. We managed. Now we're at eleven, eleven, and four and six. Yes, in that six spot. So what are the probabilities of like?
1: Yeah, um, they're giving Loyola a fifty-nine percent chance to end as the one seed, which uh, we both thought was pretty, uh, pretty surprising that would be that high still. Um, especially coming off a loss to Drake, who only has an 18%, which is the third highest, which is really surprising. Then um, looking at us, uh, 55% is our highest percentage at that six spot. Um, still have a 1% chance at the three seed, uh, but there's still a 2% chance at the nine seed somehow. But uh, yeah, 55% at the six. Uh, we've been trying to figure it out, what is going to end up, and we probably say um, the six is the best spot for us at this moment. Yeah, and just thinking of all these, with that Loyola 59, it's way too
0: high, I would agree, and Missouri State ahead of Drake. We know Loyola's got a tough stretch of games coming up. Uh, so that'll decide a lot, and this is, you know, 55 is a great standing for us at that point. But, like, yeah, I think it's too close still with teams behind us or could be, barring anything else. that um, we, we like to talk about these, but definitely, obviously, it's just where they stand. It's just weird how some of these percentages are. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's talk about what the, what the – Seeding of the tournament would look like the three and the six and then uh, who would play who after all when all this would be official.
1: Yeah, looking at the matchups that um, they got um, on Thursday night, um, they would have um, Indiana State, the seven play uh, Evansville, the 10 seed winner would get um, the two seed Drake. So uh, that's interesting there. Um, then the 8 9 will be Valpo and Illinois State. Winner gets Loyola. Um, then uh, the 4 5 they have um, looking like it would be Bradley, the four seed, which is crazy to think. Then Northern Iowa would follow the five. Um, Bradley would go on continue to stay hot through February, so uh, that's not surprising there. Then uh, we would get M- Missouri State um, in the 3 6 game. Yeah, and then we'll find out them tomorrow night, just knowing their
0: their uh, talent. But I feel like we would definitely both agree we'd rather play Bradley or you and I than them, even though you and I and Bradley seem like deeper. You know, it, it it's kind of weird how they are. We know the talent of Missouri State, but Bradley and you and I have just veterans on there, or also ability to be deeper than maybe Missouri State potentially. We know Keaton Harvey's gone, and then they had lost uh, whoever to to Sergio the, in the second. So, yeah. Uh, It's all interesting. You don't want to play any of these people, but if we were to narrow it down, that's probably the case. And by the end of it, we might change our minds. And for it is officially who we'd rather play. So we would like to stick at that six seed and fall definitely, hopefully, between four and six is what we want to end up by the end of it. Uh, So that's where that stands. That'll be, again, a weekly thing. Uh, Now, we already talked about the, the pressers from some of the coaches, Noah, but something that came out today, two hours ago. Defensive player of the month of the Barcom Security is J.D. Moula, who had nine rebounds, a block, and a steal against Loyola. So he got some recognition for that. We talked about Lance's in the doghouse, some things, uh, which, built his confidence is great. We talked about uh, Arch Madness tickets that we bought, Noah. But speaking of that, March to the Arch, we know it was a popular podcast, a good podcast. Uh, They had a couple UIC interviews recently, didn't
1: they? Yeah, um, they interviewed the AD and the – Coach uh, Head Coach Luke Yaklich. It's good to see him back in the Valley, and uh, the, yeah, they were just talking. And uh, um, the AD, this is only his would uh, be his third full year, but apparently he said that um, the talks between UIC and the Valley have been going on for over a decade, which I did not know that. Um, but uh, it's good to stay. They were just talking about the market, and they were talking about the the facilities, how nice their facilities are. Um, so, uh, they're building a new soccer stadium, um, both baseball and softball have the backdrop of the ta- Sears Tower in the skyline of Chicago, so, um, but they have a really nice basketball arena, and, the two guys, um, were talking after they hopped off there with him, um, that they'll jump top three in the league in facilities, and it's a really nice place, and, uh, yeah, it was a good time, it was a good time, if you haven't listened to that, go check that out, it's great to have Yoclets back in the Valley, he's, uh, going to have that program on the rise and we were thinking
0: of what other valley teams have would have better facilities and obviously we haven't been to most of them to know we know SIU's is you know decent enough we know with weight room and leading up to everything that we have here I'm sure it's a lot bigger and better at some schools we mentioned how even from a football perspective if they made the jump that they had the ability in the stadiums to do it just thinking about it that'd, that'd be interesting but yeah adding them no matter how they are at basketball right now, they will get better, and adding that just helps in general. People will look forward to going to play there. We think, and even us, uh, hopefully, our, our team would be. I, they got better stuff. Than Loyola's gym's not bad, but I, USC will have a better atmosphere, not atmosphere, but better maybe gymnasium or something than Loyola. It'll all be interesting.
1: We're really glad to have them. So, no, as we said, that might be an off-season topic here. Uh, just thinking right now, we'll have to jot it down. Uh, we'll make. Uh, we'll go through and maybe. Rank our uh, arenas around the valley.
0: Yeah, just via pictures, or yeah. maybe we might find something that people have talked about. Evansville
1: would be one, but
0: yeah, they have that venue. They have kind of like what slough does they have, like a you know a big time venue at their disposal. So yeah, that would be fun to do. We might do that. Uh, now, Noah, this game that we think we'll have tomorrow, we're pretty sure we will have tomorrow. Uh, we know all about Missouri State to an extent, but they've obviously gotten better or changed statistically a little bit, I would say, since the last time we faced them. What do you got?
1: Yeah, uh, just a reminder, or just a, fir- a past meeting reminder, on uh, back on the January 12th, uh, we lost 81-76 in Springfield. Uh, De- uh, Marcus DeMas led um, us with 20 points. Mosley had 33 for them on 10-18 to 18 sh- shooting um, he's averaging 21 points, 5.8 rebounds, and two po- or yeah, and 2.1 assists, and 1.2 steals a game. Um, he's going to be a problem. And Gage Prim, um, we know what he can do. Uh, a couple years ago, he had 30 and 20 against us. He's averaging 14, eight and two, and uh, two almost two blocks a game. Um, those are their two main guys. Uh, like we said, Demarcus Sharp is iron to return later in the year, but he's still coming off only a recent surgery on his foot. Then, um, uh, they, Keaton Hervey is in the portal. Um, so, uh, Lu-Kai Patterson has made a big difference for them. He's, av- he's leading them in assists. Um, so this is, we know, we know what this team is capable of. Um, this is going to be a really, really, we, we played them well over there. Um, it's just, I, Isaiah Mosley was too much for us. Um, um, I don't know if, uh, I think, uh, they were asking, um, I forget who I was listening to, but, uh, I think it was always oh, on the, it was on in the doghouse with Lance. They asked him about if guys are taking more attention to prim and that just opening things up for Isaiah. And, uh, he said he's really good at getting to his spot. So, uh, I think Lance Jones will probably be the guy taking that task at hand, guarding Isaiah Mosley tomorrow night. Um, they're coming off a, big win against Evansville, so uh, it didn't take much. Um, For Isaiah, he only scored 14, but Prim's coming off a 23-5 and game, so um, it's going to be a dogfight. We know every game in the Valley is a dogfight for us, uh, so uh, we know they'll get up and down. We know we play kind of better if we can push the tempo a little bit, but I think uh, we'll try to slow it down the best we can.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think, yeah, that'd be the biggest thing of all, I would say, and Guarding Mosley is, is the biggest key in how our bigs would do against Prem even. But thinking of who would guard Isaiah, I, I hope we would space it out. We talked about Trent as well being with Stephen, Cash, and Lance. I wouldn't say Lance, if he had to guard Mosley, that that, that, that would affect him offensively um, in any way because we know Clay's going to be clamping on Marcus. Marcus did have 20 overall, but Donovan gave him bad fits. Donovan's arguably one of the best on ball best defenders in the valley, I would say. And we've talked about Mosley getting to those spots that he's shooting a lot less threes compared to what he's able to get in the paint either at the rim or in easy jump shots. So he's just a ma- he's a he's a legit matchup nightmare. Um and we talked about Prim and his ability to pass, I think, is something that sticks out. He he averages only two assists, but they're nice assists. You know, I wouldn't say they're krutwig S, but like remember the one where Cash tried to double him and he kicked it out. Uh to Black for a three in the corner before the last half that honestly paid dividends by the end. He just saw it, kind of had eyes in the back of his head and found him in the corner. So they can do it all. I think Lukai, you know, he's tough as heck. Remember the battles him and Lance had, that it'll be key stopping him and and Donovan Minette and Black are X-Factors along with their main two, and they're just a problem. I mean, they score they score 79 points a game. I mean, we we allow... Uh, sixty, which is crazy. That's and that's still top twenty. It's gotta keep going and it's down. L- and the loyal game helped
1: that, and it's lower than that at, at home. So uh, I forget what I think I read that stat last game, and I'm sure after a big win, only allowing what fifty five on Sun sad- on Sunday, that probably went down a little more. So it's interesting. I think it's in like fifty five points or something, right around that. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, just thinking back to the last game, real quick. Um, We only got 10 from Lance He struggled shooting 3 of 13 But we did get 16 apiece from both Steven and Cash Um, JD was That's when he was in no offense role And he's coming out a little bit Kyler had a decent game So uh, if we can get a little bit from JD And uh, if Lance can carry over what he did A little bit from Sunday Not asking him to do what he did against What he did Sunday He'll he'll face a lot better defenders um, Tomorrow night But uh, yeah if we can get um, it looks like looking back, their defense is not as good as the teams we've faced in the past. They're a lot better than they're better than Valpo's defense. But Cash down there, Cash and Steven both got looks. They knocked them down. So if they can do that tomorrow night, plus we get a little more from somebody else, it's uh, I like our chances a lot. Yeah, it's a great point. Thinking back to those two guys that had been struggling, that that was a great game.
0: They carried us almost in that game. Uh, yeah, I think especially with Marcus having to deal with Clay, that Lance will have to step up as well. Yes, we talked about it, uh, whether he guards Mosley or not, because Mosley shoots fifty percent from the field, fifty-one, and shoots ninety-one from the free throw line. So we know last game it was also <clears throat> key, and you know the fouls that we had on him at the end of the game that he made them all almost, that put the game out of reach at times. So yeah, we only lost by five, and we didn't feel like we played all that well, especially with Marcus not shooting well which, by the way, he's shooting 42% from the field, which is not great. Uh, Yeah, we like our chances, too. You mentioned the pace that could happen in this game, but if we can have that, you know, the points per game that we allow is so low at home, and if we just have that kind of defense that we want against Loyola, Loyola doesn't have burners, as we know offensively. They just have good all-around team offense. But this is high-powered, you know, specific player offense with Missouri State that you'd have to obviously – you know, make them earn their shots, and I, I do would like our chances as well, knowing how good our defense can be. Uh, everything else we about matched them in and steals and blocks. They have one more block per game than us, and everything's pretty much stayed the same since the matchup. You know, I'm sure few Apple teams have gotten their averages in a lot of those facets, so it's all stayed the same. They are riding. They've won four of the last five. The only loss was at that Indiana State game, which we know how good they are at home by four. But They've beaten everybody else, counting Loyola by that ten after Mosley dropped 40. So it's been a crazy year for them, a dominating year for them. We know, like we said, before Drake, you know, kicked it in the gear, Missouri State could have been that second uh, Valley team to be um, noted or noted. And even Noah going to them real fast, you know, they came out with those pre or those mid-season awards or whatever. The Uri Collins having a great year for Slew assist wise, and he's not in the uh, Bob Cousy, but Isaiah Mosley also wasn't one of those awards and he's one of the best scorers in the country.
1: Yeah, it's it's a shame that uh, the the mid majors get uh, overlooked, especially a guy when Isaiah Mosley doing. Um, I know I know uh, Vic, Vic, Vic Dick Vitale is taking um, time off, but he always pushes. He was a big Drake guy at the, last year, pushing them, trying to get them at large. Um, guys like Jay Billis just don't care about mid majors and overlook them. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Guy, those the guys that show out. Um, have to try to get on those lists. You have to be um, a John Morant type just to just even sniff those lists. We know Cam Crutwig sniffed those lists, but um, look how great of a five-year or four-year career he had. So uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Isaiah Mosley definitely. I, I haven't even looked at those lists. If I looked, I can pick you probably five or six guys, that I'd take Isaiah Mosley over. Yeah, and even
0: going to the my uh, illinois guys' defensive, they're missing out. So I don't know what they're basing a lot of the stuff off of, but definitely Isaiah deserves to be on those. And Noah, recently, it was a guy, Rafael Barlow, who's on NBA Draft Junkies and some podcasts regarding the NBA stuff. He had a post uh, yesterday about Isaiah and saying he has the most creative score in all of college basketball once he gets in his, to his boogie Defenders don't really stand a chance. Agents will have their clients ducking him in the pre-draft process. That's what we're hoping. We're hoping that he takes the look at the next level and, and takes the opportunity that he that he's deserving for himself in the way he's played this year. He's going to win the Larry Bird Player of the Year Award. So he's going to get his, uh, his flowers and just knowing that we get him. Obviously, we get him tomorrow, but maybe in Arch Madness that we can maybe make it hard for him. Moving forward, that would be key, and we discussed, no yesterday that we were wanting to push it back an extra day, knowing that even, like, we know the spreads usually happen, but I don't have any on mine currently or an over-under. But, no, we recall we were only— I believe only, I do. Okay, well, we were only five-point dogs against Loyal at home, so well, I'm going to guess it's probably, like, around two or three or one and a half against Missouri State.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a—we are a two-point dog— and the over-under is 129.5. Okay, yeah, which
0: they're still offensive. They're going to still get points, even though we want to play really good defense against them. We are 13-8 and eight against that spread, though, this year, which is good. Um, so, you know, we keep it close, and we know we did against them last time, which is key. Uh, so, no, what else you got? I'll get some quotes in here.
1: Yeah, I was just looking up. some stats. Yeah, I was just looking up. I was trying to find that list, Uh, see what compared to Isaiah Mosley. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a tough fought game. We know, um, this, uh, this is one they need to stay in, in that one or two seed conversation, um, down the road. But, uh, this is a game that could swing momentum definitely for us. If we can win this one, um, it's going to take a all around, it's going to take an all around performance from a lot of our guys. Um, we're going to have to get some offense other, just like we did down there in Springfield 16, um, both from Steven and Cash. So, if we can get that, I really like our odds, especially at home. So, uh, uh, I would take the plus two, and I'd almost take the I'll take the over probably um, at one hundred twenty nine and a half. Oh, I would agree with both of those. The plus two just seems, you know, us playing close
0: games in general. I think seems even though it's really close that they could win by five. A lot of one those. point losses for us. Yeah, just in general, I think that's too low to not pick us. But you could also go both ways and that. I will agree with both of those for you, though. Going uh, something that definitely sticks out from that last game, though, they were they had the forty to ten advantage in points in the paint against us, which killed us. And the only thing that kept us in the game was we were fourteen of twenty nine from three. So yeah, if we can continue to shoot good against them, because they don't guard the three very well, it seems like, but we do. We still lead the Valley in three point field goal percentage defense with thirty. At thirty percent and we go back to the sixty points per game allowed that leads the valley and ranks sixteenth now nationally, which is huge. Um, and we are and our records under Brian for certain aspects are key. We've talked about the rebounding margin, which hasn't been a factor totally and, and wins lately, those close ones, but paid off the last game. And then Noah quickly they have some things on Marcus and Lance. Just looking how close each other that each of them are to each other in career points. Marcus is at 921, Lance is at 912, and there are, Marcus has almost 100 more rebounds, but Lance has uh, about 13 less assists, but we recall this is crazy cuz Marcus still has 921 and he missed all of last season almost and Lance is barely behind him. So Marcus could be at 1200 points right now. Which would be great, but it's 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 fun how they're both creeping around the same point total, and they could both reach about a thousand at the same time, which would be really cool. Hopefully, they both get them by the end of the season. Uh, they only have about however many games left, so it'd be cool. That's something to keep an eye out. Uh, and Yard you had your final thoughts. Anything else that sticks out here?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's like I said. This one can swing momentum looking ahead because uh this uh you got two road games. Um, looking one at Illinois State and one next Wednesday at Northern Iowa. Two. Tough places to play, so um, you could steal this one and uh, be in good shape, and uh, maybe go try to go one and one at worst on the road trip. Um, this is the uh, this could be the one where uh, we start to play doing what Bradley is get a little hot here, um, just like Brian preaches uh, to get momentum going in the March. Yeah, three of our home losses this season came by a total of seven points. So yeah, we want to flip the script on that
0: quickly. Brian said and his presser. Uh, Missouri State mentioned the top two guys for them, uh, which is funny because Dana Ford, I don't, I don't think he got a chance to them. They always look ahead in those. No one asked about SIU to us. I think some other guy was in there. I was going to ask him questions off of uh, the stream, uh, but no one asked about us. With them. I would like to see what Dana had to say. But uh, Brian said, we've got some areas to improve on from Valpo. Transition defense wasn't that great. Our post defense, they were able to score on the post on us. When you play Missouri State, it'll be a big factor. Offensively, when we move the ball, good things do happen. So, like I said, barring all the weather, hopefully everybody uh, you know, safe getting to the arena tomorrow if it stands, and obviously moving forward and getting there and then have a safe uh, Thursday. Hoping we can get that win uh, before even – I'm thinking of Missouri State making this trip, knowing the weather's at hand, that that could play to our advantage in a way. Uh, probably not, but just thinking how little stuff like that can – Factor into a game, so we both have us plus two. We're liking our odds tomorrow to get over five hundred overall, and back creeping around into the four five six.
1: I do want to throw ranks. this out here real quick. Just tweeted out on the Valley Hoops account. Um, Andy Cat sat down with Brian Mullen, so everybody go check that out.
0: Yeah, we would like it hope we wish that would have happened before. It's about a four forty-two minute thing. Love to hear what that would have. Talked about Arch Madness and stuff and the ups and downs of the season. Yeah, everybody go check that out. We just retweeted that and we will watch that and we'll discuss that on the next one. So, like I said, looking to get over 500 and looking to stay in that 4 to 5, 4 to 6 range uh, moving forward for this stretch. Everybody stay safe for the weather tomorrow. Can't wait for tomorrow's game if it stands. I'm Nick Malone.
1: No alerts. We'll
0: see you guys sometime maybe next week, barring weather. Go, dogs.